This segment of Off the Hosel is powered by SaskGolfer.com. He gave it away. Coulter scores. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 27 of Off the Hosel. This is a Harris English podcast today as he's number 27 on the FedEx Cup rankings. My name is Drew Coaster, your host as always, and, and also as always, we welcome in my brother Troy McClure Coaster. Yes, it is a nice Wednesday morning. Troy, what's, uh, what's going on? How are you? I'm doing well, Drew. How are you doing? Can't complain. Um, before we move into our weekend chat here, um, I wanted to obviously give a huge shout out to the guy that we've been talking to a little bit here over the last three weeks, I'd say, uh, Travis Bush, who's a pro out of BC. He also is a co-owner of MT Aerosmith Handmaids. Uh, they make head covers and they are spot on. I mean, I got, I used mine this past weekend and I got a lot of love. Would you say so? Yeah. And I received mine, uh, this morning from you, Drew. Thanks, Travis. Uh, Oil country, looking great on the driver, I'll tell you that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I guess maybe, I don't know, say we'll go right into our giveaway we're going to do on this Friday, but I mean, that's there's going to be a head cover with our logo and his logo um, in the giveaway. So there are some sweet, um, some sweet head covers. I mean, check them out. They're all over Instagram. I believe they're just at MT Aerosmith Handmaids. Uh, you can't go wrong. And also Travis Bush on Instagram as well, so... Uh, let's t- uh, chat about our weekend here. I mean, how was your weekend, Troy? Uh, holidays. Went to uh, we went to the lake on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Came home uh, Monday afternoon. I had to do some health stuff. Heading back out to the lake. Uh, you know, enjoying some quality time with the family. Get some fishing in. Enjoy the sun. Some beach. Actually, out at Edders Beach, they got a driving range now, which is pretty cool. Really? Yeah. One Where? A farmer cut it out right by the uh, campgrounds. I know you've been out there. So that's just his lot? He just people just go on hit balls? Yeah. He's, no, he's got the markers there and everything. It's a dollar a bucket. Put dollar, spits out a dollar or, you know, I don't know, 50 balls or whatever. And they actually cut three holes out there now, too. So they're working on a... Wow. They said by next year they want to have a nine-hole operable golf course out in Edders Beach. So Maybe you'll be, you'll be the club pro. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> No, no. So yeah, the, the lake's good. Lake life's good. Are you? How was your weekend? Busy. Um, you know, just last week we had our first full week of skates, obviously with hockey. And then, yeah, I golfed a ton this weekend. I um, You you would have saw on social media, we took on uh, Sammy and my goaltender from the storm. And my partner was uh, Daniel Wapple, former Pat and four-year Western League guy. And yeah, you guys looked like you were down and out there for a while when I was following along. We were. We were down three. And Wops goes, Coach, relax. Lots of golf left. I said, yeah, you're right. So then I looked at him. I absolutely, after we did that video, I said, time to turn it around. I looked at him. I said, we got in the golf cart. I said, I'm going to birdie 789. And? He's like, okay, just relax, man. What do I do? Stiff one on seven, birdie. Hammer one on eight, stiff one, birdie. Up and down par five on nine, birdie. We're all square. Get a bacon cheese cheddar dog over at our good friends at Deer Valley Golf. Oh, you you didn't go with the old naked dog. You no. went after Big Bro and got yourself the old bacon dog. Wow, did it work? Lots of cheese, hey? A lot of cheese. Wops, Wops was saying that I don't need that. And looking at myself, I, I don't need it. So 
But I said, Wops, we need this to win the match. And um, we didn't win the match. We were actually, it was funny. We were two up on 16 T. It was so hot out and muddy. I think it was 34, no wind. <laughs> and Wops gets to the T, swings his drive. His driver helicopters into the bush. It's gone. Like, I was like, oh my God, it's gone forever. It went so far in the bush. So I wanted to hit my shot. No, no shit. Sure shit. I, I hit my shot. Right hand slips. Ball gone. It's a whole new ball game coming home. Wops got his driver out. Um, we ended up, we get to 18. We're down one now. We lost 17. We get to 18. I, I shank hook one into the bush or into the water. It's in the mud and it's stuck. And our goalie, Christo, he's in the back of the green. All he has to do is make par. All he has to do is make par, and he hits a nice little red sheet from me and uh, Wops. I'm about to hit my shot. Wops goes, hey, stop. Take a drop. Take a chance to step him down. He knows I'm tidy with my wedges. I snip one in there to like two and a half feet. Christo has a hard putt. Rips it by the hole. Nine feet for par. Misses it. Saws the match. Have the match. We didn't lose. A lot of fun, though. Great. It was a great... Uh, great day though a lot of fun awesome so that was friday so saturday or sunday yes we me and sean mcnall let i say that we're, we're i think top best one two yeah i think so honestly course, and people could play. if you want to play us just give us a show we'll play um anyways so we me and sean lost uh trevor rhodes and mike vorader on xbox 140 dollars playing uh video games okay so Sean paid them half, $70 half, and then we'll play them for real golf. For, so we gave him 15 shots on Sunday. 15 shots. I think Rhodesy had seven and Mike had eight. We beat them five and three. So yeah. at 15, we, we won the match. And way different than Xbox. Not that they're bad golfers. Well, yeah, you're not pushing a button. <laughs> they're really good at Xbox, though. But anyways, a lot of fun, a lot of good laughs of those guys. And yeah, I mean... Now back in here, but I had a great weekend of golf. It was two great days, and yeah, can't complain. Well, that's good to hear. So I want to move on now to last, or actually this current, this past weekend. It was uh, the mini tour at my old stomping grounds at the Joanne Goulet Golf Course. The old JoJo. The old Joanne Goulet, yeah. So let's just rip off the leaders, or the winners, sorry, from this past weekend. Uh, Sienna Taylor shooting 99. This is a very cool name, Poppy Baraneski shooting 89 into the boys divisions uh keaton krekowich 75 shay manula 72 and oliver matizic i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say i'm correct on this name but i think is probably related to davidson matizic that came on the show from uh, warman yep yep uh oliver shot 76 and also last weekend in swift current uh winners were ella kozak shooting 82 76 sarah grieve 77 73 good rounds uh jack maharja 85-90, Darren Hurlick, 71-79, Thomas Danielson, 72-77, and uh, Mr. Josh Nagy takes home the junior boys, winner of shooting 70-75. So congrats to all those guys on the MGT Golf Tour. Yeah, it looks like Sass got some more uh, young up-and-comers. You know what? Honestly, and that's and I, I feel bad, and I apologize. I think that the MGT, we haven't talked about that much at all, honestly, in the first 26 episodes, and I apologize. You know what? If you're a junior and you're under 18, get on play. Put it that way. I played it all the way growing up. It's so much fun. I talked to guys that I met in Arizona in tournaments and guys that I met all across the world that play in these events. And, you know, some of my closest buddies are, you know, Saskatoon, Warman, PA, whatever it is. And now we all play still and we still stay in contact. So it's a great way of networking. Absolutely. 
Hi there, Troy Coaster from Off the Hosel. Last Mountain Distillery, Saskatchewan's first micro distillery, is family owned and operated. Located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, in the heart of green country, our success lies in our commitment to producing high quality, handcrafted spirits. Our signature products include Saskatchewan's best selling naturally infused dill pickle vodka, our naturally infused organic cherry whiskey, apple pie moonshine, and more. Our craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Visit us in Lumsden or watch for our full lineup of products at your favorite local retailer. Alrighty, Troy, let's move into some SAS golf talk now. Um, this weekend coming up in Weyburn, we got some DMs on Instagram. Um, yeah, the annual Crocus Men's Open is on July 11th, 12th. And I've heard nothing but good things. I heard they got a ton of uh, rain down there too to help out that course to get some more green down there. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, if I was up there playing with all these guys, the first thing I'd be thinking about after my round is the all-you-can-eat KFC buffet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not me. I'd probably, I'd probably try it out, but I mean, I've never actually ate there at KFC. Oh, dirt. you've eaten KFC before. Not there. Well, not never. Labor, maybe. Not the ultimate. But you've eaten KFC before. <laughs> a couple times, yeah. The Dirty Bird, man. No free ads. Oh, so good. Um, moving on though into, uh, extra crispy <laughs> a week and a half from now, I believe is the 109th Saskatchewan men's amateur up in Warman. And yeah, I mean, that's a little, that's exciting for everyone that's playing. I'm not sure if I'm playing yet cause, uh, rumor has it. No, not rumor has it confirmed. Uh, we got on Graham Delat's uh, buddy, Mr. Colt Nost and we're recording on day one of the tournament, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to play. Well, if it, well, I'm caddying for you if you are. And then you know what we're doing after we're done the round of golf? We're going to drive, what is it, 20 minutes to Toontown? Taco Bell. Oh, Taco no Bell. No free ads. Sorry, pal. Taco Bell. I'm a huge Taco Time guy, though. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, Taco Bell's way better. Anyways, so I'm not sure if I'm playing, but if you are wondering if it's going on, it is going on so far. So get signed up. And it's a, always the great event. I mean, I play, I played in four or five men's amateurs now, and I have, like I said, back to the MJT stuff. Like you just meet so many good guys. Um, we're also having on Rick Halberg in a week and a half from now, and I think that's kind of it for upcoming guests, I believe. Well, we got a few in the works, but can't can't say them because they're not confirmed yet. So, yeah. And okay, well, let's move on now to before we wrap this up here. Um, our contest this Friday, we are. We're spoiling the shit out of everyone that listens to this podcast. Yep. And even if you don't listen to it, and I get that, everyone likes free stuff. So here's what we're going to do. On Friday, we're going to blow this thing up. It's going to be two Deer Valley golf passes, good friends over there, an off-the-hosel hat from our good friends over at Stream Hockey, M- uh, a off-the-hosel head cover from MT Aerosmith Handmade, Bushy, uh, <laughs> player golf head cover from good buddy Chase Porter, and player golf hat. It's a sweet hat. Golden tee, three t-shirts, cups, a laptop bag. I think we're being very generous here. My head hurts from hearing of all that stuff we're giving away because <laughs> I'm going to have to pay for the shipping. It's a lot of money. It's it's a huge package. I mean, yeah, some someone someone's going to be happy when they win that one. Yeah, so in the rules, in the, the, the steps basically, tag three people, follow us, and share their story. And honestly, I think we need more. we need more subscribes. We need more, you know, follows on Twitter, Instagram, and, you know, keep liking the Facebook page. And what are those handles, Troy? 
Facebook is off the hosel. Twitter and Instagram is underscore at off the hosel. And uh, yeah, we want to see some more people hitting the old heart button, the like button, or the uh, subscribe subscribe button. So yeah, so we're excited for Friday to get this thing going. And I mean, it's I want to win it, and I, I might create a fake account so I can win. But I mean, no, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, great great giveaway. And I like you said, I think you someone's be happy with it. So. Absolutely. So, yeah, stay tuned for Friday's postings. Moving on now to the PGA. Um, what a week. Here comes the money. Here we go. The money. Here comes the money. Let's go. What a week for golf in general. All you degenerates out there gambling. <laughs> and, wow, I'm not uh, not disappointed in this week. So, uh, who won this week, Drew? Oh. Mr. On Average set a record 350 yard drives. Bryson DeChambeau. And who finished second? Absolutely puking all over the <laughs> golf course. Pissed me off because I had 500 coming home to me in my pockets until I watched him just make a mockery of the golf game. But. We well, still haven't said who it was. Matthew Wolf. Oh, okay. You know what? Matthew Wolf played a great week of golf. Really happy for him. Played who, great. Who, who finished third? I know who finished third. Oh, uh, not our friends over there, but uh, we like to be friends with them. We like to be friends with them one day. Who did uh, I pick last week? As Troy was rambling on there, it was Kevin Kisner who works over at No Lane Up Golf Podcast. What a week for him! That's who I picked. No airtime. No. Well, that happens lots at the PGA. We know lots of. We know guys that don't get airtime that should be getting airtime. So I felt bad though because he was like what sixty six Bodie free and got like no TV time. Yeah, no, it was it was a great tournament though. I mean, like I said, I was at the lake, so I didn't get to watch a lot of it. I know you were glued to your TV Saturday and Sunday because you were texting me Friday night, Saturday night. Oh, I'm in the money. I'm in the money. I'm, I'm in, in the, the money. money. <laughs> Here comes the money. <laughs> yeah, so good week for me, I guess, and back to back. So I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, probably listen to my bets because I'm two for two, and we're gonna move in now to. My bets this week and my picks. I got four guys this week with decent amount of cash on them. Uh, Cameron Champ, Justin Rose. This guy's got to figure out a way to win too, though. Jason Day, Man Rocket, and my with the best odds are now on Monday. On Monday when I put it out, uh, Brooks Kepka. Yeah, and I went with. Well, I wouldn't call them wild cards. I, I selected two people: Sung J M and Matt Kuchar. All right, I like that. Those are those are two good ones. Maybe I'll throw in some. and Kucher. That's my two. So let's see what happens this weekend. There it is. That's our uh, not our gambling corner, but we'll call it our little our little uh, degenerate section there for all you degenerates out there. Um, quickly, Troy. I don't know. Great guest today uh, from Regina. Grew up in here in Saskatchewan. Worked out at Aspen Links, and you know worked at I think the, the Royal. I don't know if he did or not, but. Um, hell of a player. You know, he knows Ryan and Dale really well, playing the Canadian Tour with them. Uh, and that's uh, Lindsey Bernikiewicz. He's out in BC now. Wow, not, nothing but good things about him. This is an awesome interview, actually, and I had never met him. Uh, Neither have I. Oh, I thought you had. No, okay. never have. But, no, he was, a, he was a very solid interview, and he had some really good stories. So I hope everyone sits back and enjoys. Yeah, well, we'll send it on over now to Lindsey Bernikiewicz. Alrighty, today we are pleased to be joined by a very highly touted guest. He's from Regina, Saskatchewan. He played on five Wilmington well Cup teams, won three Saskams, and much more. Uh, our guest today is Lindsey Bernikiewicz. How are you doing today, Lindsey? Thanks for joining the I'm show. I'm awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. 
So what's uh, what's going on? I mean, you're out in uh, Victoria, I believe. What's uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, uh, beautiful Victoria, Canada, um, all the way here on the west coast. And uh, golf season is is hopping along here. It's busy. It's actually turned into probably the busiest golf season I've ever seen here on the west coast. So uh, there's there's small blessings amongst uh, this this COVID disaster. So I'm curious to know. I mean, obviously we had on Mike Commodore way back here now, and he was mentioned, or he mentioned that, um, you know, when COVID hit, that BC courses where he was at didn't close down. Were you one of those courses that closed down? Or didn't uh, we close did down? close down. Yeah, no, we did close down. Uh, there was a few in the area that didn't. Uh, a lot of the courses in the interior just kind of kept trucking right along. Uh, w- only one or two courses here on the island stayed open, but most of the, most of the courses shut for a while. Well, you know, Lindsay, I, I, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit, and I'm just curious. You know, you grew up in Saskatchewan. Uh, wh- when did you get into the game of golf? And then when did you also realize, you know, this could be a job one day? This is something I could actually make some money off. Yeah, you know what? Uh, so I, I got into the game pretty early. Um, I, I learned how to play in uh, little tiny Kelleher, Saskatchewan on my uh, – my dad's kind of home track, nine hole sand green. Uh, and I was out there with a cut down hickory shafted seven iron as, as when I was, I don't know, two or three years old, um, kind of didn't really take golf really super seriously until I was probably 10, 11, 12 ish. We were, we were definitely a hockey first family for a long time there. Uh, and I was kind of the black sheep for, for pursuing golf. I, I think, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> I was definitely the worst at hockey in my family and the best at golf. So uh, I think I picked wise in the long run, but there were a few years there where my brother and sister kind of looked at me funny for, for picking golf over hockey. So Lindsay, I'm, I mean, obviously you just mentioned hockey. What other sports were you playing baseball at all? I mean, obviously with your resume golf, I mean, they're very similar to, I'm assuming your buddy Ty Wright. There isn't a whole lot that you haven't or have not, not one. I mean, it's uh it's quite impressive. I was just curious if you were playing baseball, you know, soccer. What else were you playing? Yeah, you know what? I played, I mean, growing up, I played kind of every sport under the sun. Uh, lots of hockey. Um, nothing else really at a super high level. Played some volleyball and, and a little bit of baseball. I kind of quit baseball after I uh, walked in the, the winning run in city championships <laughs> one year when I think I, I think I was 12 or 13 and I was kind of crushed after that and, and didn't really go back to baseball. So uh, I played, I mean, like I said, a lot of hockey. Um, that was our main passion growing up as kids. And uh, golf slowly became that uh, probably in high school years where I started to uh, get a taste of the competition and, and get out there and play some tournaments and really fall in love with it. What high school did you go to? Uh, Campbell Collegiate. So Andrew. Yeah, SOD. Brutal. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously on the junior circuit, and I mean, you played on some juvenile teams and, and junior teams. How was that experience? I mean, I, I mean, the next question I'm going to ask later on is like, when did you really start to, you know, win? But when you were a junior, you were playing with guys. I mean, like, name some of those guys you were playing with too. Like, like how were how were those experiences? Yeah, you know what? Those were, I think playing kind of those junior teams and those juvenile teams, it's kind of, it, it got me kind of to see the world uh, a little bit beyond um, what just Regina was in particular and Saskatchewan. Um, 
I had never really traveled very much. I mean, I traveled with my family out to Expo 86. And besides that, we were, uh, we would take like family camping trips to the mountains once a year or to, uh, Clear Lake in Manitoba there. Uh, but we were never really big world travelers as kids. So golf was kind of the way that as a young, as a young guy, I got to see the world. So being on those junior teams, getting to travel across Canada, uh, and playing with guys, I mean, Tyler was a great buddy. Tyler Wright, Tyler Kellett, I remember. Uh, well, Luke Sheard kind of dominated. Um, then there was a bunch of PA boys that uh, that were just really, really good at golf. And, and it, like I said, those guys traveled the world with me in those junior team years. And, and uh, I think we all kind of grew up together in the process. Right. So who, who are some of the Sasky locals that you played with and, you know, I, I'm assuming you got some really good stories. Do you, do you care to elaborate? Yeah, who are the sticks, Lindsay, and some dirt on these guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't lay out too much dirt because they're all still there. Um, well, we'll have on the podcast to discuss this then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. Uh, no, you know what? I think, um, like in my really formative years of kind of learning learning the game, um, I distinctly remember spending a lot of time with uh, John Greeno and his dad. Uh, his dad. Mark was, uh, he was a stick and he kind of mentored us young guys into, uh, into tournament golf. I remember traveling with them to play a bunch of tournaments and his dad teaching us how to make yardage books and teaching us how to, you know, like just navigate a golf course. And, uh, Mark was a willing and cupper, uh, and a, and a really good player in his own right. So, um, in terms of a golf mentor, he was up there and I, and I know they started that kind of diamond in the rough junior golf camps back in the day and, uh, really kind of made that golf scene flourish in, in the south side of Saskatchewan there. Um, and then uh, I gr- when I was young, I think my first membership was at the was at the Royal Regina. There. Oh, the Royal Reg, Benny Huge says. It's pre-Royal. Uh, and, uh, pre-Royal. And so, I, I mean, I, I got to know. Well, I felt like it, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, and... Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I hung out, played a lot of golf with Tyler Wright, Tyler Kellett, um, Dean Brown. Dean seems like he's been there forever now. So, um, yeah, th- it was those guys that we played a lot, a lot of golf with. Yeah, actually, I had the pleasure of meeting Greeno. I don't know what a few weeks ago, Drew and I went out to Deer Valley and played, and awesome guy, su- super guy, actually. Yeah, great, guy. hell of a golfer too. So, yeah, no, very good golfer, um, and. Uh, and uh, he's turned into a, just a wonderful gem of a human being, too. So, Oh, yeah, he's a beauty. Um, Lindsay, I'm curious. I mean, I don't know even if I probably asked this like six times in different ways now already. Uh, I'm curious to know, I mean, I asked actually all the guys around here that dominate the Saskatchewan circuits around here. When did you really go like, hey, like winning's fun. I mean, you win three Saskatchewan amateurs in a row. Did they get easier after the first one? I mean, walk us through those experiences. Like, yeah, let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah, I think it was actually four, but... Oh, uh, <laughs> well, then you typed it out, Ron. What the hell? That's a blooper uh, real moment, 2000, Drew. 2000 to 2003, didn't I? That's four years. Drew, count, count uh, that oh. high. <laughs> it's okay. Drew, Drew's a wannabe golfer, just a really good hockey player. He can't so I, count so that So I high. shoot 65 all the time. I can't count yeah, my score up. 69. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what? Winning is it's definitely... Uh, it, it, it has an allure to it. And once you get a taste of it, you just want more of it. And, and golf's one of those sports too, that, 
you kind of get driven to to want to win a lot. Uh, I I think you know what I was never a great junior to be honest. I was kind of uh, I was a hard worker at my game and and I kind of didn't really have all the pieces to put together. Um, I didn't have a growth spurt till kind of like grade eleven. I was pretty short. I'm still uh, waiting Tyler for mine. Wright has, yeah, Tyler Wright <laughs> has a great photo of me. If if you could dig that up somewhere, he has a great photo of me on our juvenile team where everyone else on that team is like six feet plus, and I'm like five foot one. <laughs> yeah, it's hanging on um, our wall right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're throwing darts at it. Um, yeah, no, but I I started to I, I kind of I left uh, to go to school. Uh, out in BC in, in 98 and I kind of played played college golf that year and came back and I just had had a different level of experience uh, playing a bunch of college golf and came back and felt like I had kind of completed the uh, completed my game a bit and was able to compete at a, at a way higher level than when I was just playing local tournaments so um, I think I think that was probably the formative time was was going away to school um, and, and playing kind of all playing NCAA golf and having a little bit of success out here and and seeing that my game was developing and having 12 months a year to practice rather than just the short golf season in Saskatchewan and and that was kind of the catalyst that that kind of got me over the hump and uh, took me from just kind of a, a good junior not a great junior to in, in my amateur career I think I was I uh, at least for those few years I, I was pretty dominant. Yeah, so sorry to everyone listening now that I'm an idiot. Uh, you won four. Um, where was your first one? And I don't know. I mean, just, I don't know. Like, what was? How special was the first one? I mean, and then obviously you win two, three, and four. I mean, was it yeah. kind of repetitive, or was it kind of like this is awesome? I'm just gonna pound the field for the next ten, ten ends <laughs> in a row, or like, yeah. No, it was funny. Uh, so the very first one was in my own backyard. Uh, uh, I knew that the AM that year was at the Wascana and, uh, <clears throat> and I, they had, they came out that year with this, um, kind of like intermediate membership, no initiation. I could just pay my, I think it was 850 bucks for the season and I could be a member there. So I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm a member at the Regina, but the AM's at the Wascana. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to pay the 850 bucks. Well, I didn't. I probably convinced my parents to. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like group. And, uh, oh. yeah. and uh, so I, I practiced out there almost every night. I worked uh, in the mornings. I, I remember uh, working for Todd Zato. It was now, he's now the head pro there, but at the time he was yep. the head pro at, at uh, Emerald Park. Um, now Aspen Links, but he was out there and he was my boss and I had the five to one shift every, every morning. And then I'd go out to the Wascana and practice my butt off every afternoon and Gravy play golf out there. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then come am, come time, am time. I distinctly remember playing the first hole. I was so nervous. I don't know why, but super, super nervous. Pull hooked my first tee shot, pulled my second shot. I was like 20 yards left and long of the green. Um, kind of fatted a chip up there to about 20 feet and then made this 20 footer for par to save par on the first hole. And for whatever reason, it settled my nerves for the entire week. And I went on and, and I mean, shot four rounds in the sixties, I think. And kind of, I think I won by nine or it it just kind of was one of those weeks where everything came together. And then after that, it was, 
seemed like there was no looking back. Nice, right on. So, like, the men's amateur nationals that you partook in there, I mean, what was that like? Um, the field you were playing with, and, like, do you have any good stories or memories from, from playing in those? <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> that, that, again, I kind of wish I, I – I was a slow learner. I The first few times I played national championships, I I don't know what it is. I don't know if it was just coming from a small – place in the middle of the middle of nowhere but uh you almost get to these big national stage events and and you don't have the self-belief to um to really pull it off yet but the first few i remember just being um almost like a blur you get there you're you're overwhelmed with the fact that you're you know you're wearing your green team saskatchewan blazer uh you're going to all these opening ceremonies you're meeting meeting all these top golfers from across canada and you kind of are are a little starstruck by the fact of seeing these names that you've um, seen play and you know that they've won past championships and you get to meet guys like Doug Roxborough and you get to meet all these uh, famous guys and you know and and all of a sudden you you shoot two seventy sixes and miss the cut so um, I had a few years there where I, where I definitely didn't have uh, my best results when we got to nationals and. Um, I do think that as I started playing them more, my belief grew and my game kind of grew. And by the, I think the nat- last national championship I played was in 03, 03 or 04, probably 04 in Quebec, but 03 and 04, I played both uh, pretty good. I played 03 at Shaughnessy uh, in Vancouver and, and made it to the round of 16 in the match play and, and, uh, remember like beating a couple really good players and losing that, that round of 16 match to Chris Barilla, who went on to have a good, a good pro career. And, yeah. Um, and then I remember the, the last one I played was in 04 out in Quebec. And, uh, this, I was actually on the BC Willingham cup team for that one. That was the, I stopped playing in Saskatchewan and, and just stayed in BC for that summer. And, uh, made the BC Willingham Cup team, and and our team actually won the Willingham Cup that year. So nice. our team, our team was, uh, we had a pretty, we had a pretty darn good team. It was um, Craig Dole, who's uh, like three-time Canadian Club Champions champion, and had, he was a national team member for a long time. He's actually a member at the Victoria Golf Club where I am now, which is funny. Um, and we had James Lepp, who's a couple-time winner on the Canadian yeah. Tour, and I'm sure everyone knows him from Big Break and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then we had myself, and it was the, the three of us kind of our scores counted every round, and and uh, and we won the Winning Cup that year. So it was it was kind of a, a trend towards uh, not very good to a lot of persistence to finally some success in the end. So Lindsay, I'm just curious. I mean, you mentioned uh, the, the Willing Cup teams. Uh, let's talk about some of the teams in in Saskatchewan. Uh, who were some of the guys that were on the teams with you there? I mean, was Graham on the team at any time with you? Yeah, yeah. So Graham was on uh, at least three of those teams, if not more, but at least three. So Graham and I played a ton of golf together. Um, I remember my very first year. I want to say, gosh, I wish I'd pulled out a scrapbook or something to look <laughs> at these. But uh, I think my very first year was Colin Coben, myself, Jim Lefty from... Bourne? Uh, yeah, there you go. And I I don't remember who our fourth was that very first year. It might have been... 
uh, Gordy from PA. Okay. Um, that, that might have been my the very first, uh, or maybe it was Dennis Fizeau. Like it was one of those two guys um, in my first year, and it was like it was just those guys were great guys to to travel with. It was hilarious. I remember actually, I vividly remember Gordy and Dennis. Uh, this is this is. I hope they're gonna listen to this, but they both at that time in their lives wore women's secret baby powder scented deodorant. <laughs> is it on sale? I, I don't know, but they like we showed up and I was like, "What are you guys doing?" And their room smelled like baby powder, and they wore this like aerosol secret brand women's deodorant. It was awesome. They're gonna hear it because you're gonna probably tag them in the Twitter or the Instagram or yeah. the Facebook page. So. <laughs> I am now, yeah. <laughs> so, Lindsay, you, you mentioned you were down in UBC, um, and then you played a year down in Washington. How how was the experience of both, and what did you learn was different from playing in UBC and then going to Washington? Like, what was the big difference? And why the change? Sorry, Lindsay. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll walk through that. Um, so, I think I was, again, I was a little bit naive coming out of Saskatchewan. Um, I, de- I had some offers to go play at some U.S. kind of schools, um, but I also had an offer to go play UBC, and they, they played, at that time, they played an NCAA schedule. They still do. So they played all their golf down down south, and it, it, to me, um, it just felt more comfortable to kind of stay in Canada. Now, UBC's program is unique. They get access to play uh, at Shaughnessy Golf Club. They have like their own practice tee there. And um, it's obviously a 12 month season on the West coast. So it was, it was pretty good, right. but it wasn't great. Um, they were in the process, I think of still building up um, their kind of support base. And now if you, UBC today, I just was on the phone with their coach this last week. We were talking about recruiting some of the junior kids that we have at our, at our club, but nice. um, their program today is they have like a $2 million endowment. They have, uh, a lot of scholarship dollars. They have a dedicated practice facility on campus, as well as their private tee deck at at Shaughnessy Golf Club, and and they have the facilities and the support of that road rival kind of anywhere in North America. Um, which back then they were just in the process of building, but and I got to be a part of that a little bit uh, through my years. I spent some time assistant coaching there as, as well when I was kind of on the tail end of. Uh, or just starting out on tour and um but they were the schedule we played was was unreal like we played tournaments in hawaii and all through california and washington and oregon and idaho like we played a lot of we played a lot of div one tournaments um and and got to play against some really really great competition uh it was, I think that was probably where I, I realized that, Hey, I'm actually pretty good at this game and I, I can play with yeah. almost anyone out there. So those, those kind of experiences were, were kind of why, uh, I started to believe in myself more. Um, so the only reason for the change that I made, uh, leaving UBC and going down to Western was, uh, our coach, the coach I had, it was an Australian guy named Brett Saunders. Awesome guy. He's still, he's still, uh, coaching golf in Vancouver, but he had made the decision to leave coaching UBC after my third year. And the program was just, was up in the air. They didn't have another coach standing in the wings to come in. Yeah. And, and the following year, uh, the schedule was kind of up in the air. And 
I mean, as as luck would have it, uh, the the head coach of Western Washington's a Canadian guy. He's from Edmonton originally. Uh, his name is Steve Card, and he offered me a full ride scholarship to come down there for my fifth year or for my fourth year. Sorry, my senior year. Okay. So so I was looking at an uncertain year at UBC or a full ride scholarship at a D two school which is an hour away from where I was living. It's in Bellingham, so it was not far at all. So I, I was like, yeah, that's what seems like a no-brainer. Let's go do that for a year. So what did you use your scholarship for? Like, what did you study? <clears throat> uh, I have a degree in English literature. Um, it did not start out as that. I took two years of commerce courses, and then uh, when I when I was playing on the national team for and starting to travel lots with golf, I... Uh, I was having some troubles keeping up with the commerce stuff, and and I figured, you know what, I'm pretty good at, at reading and writing, and I can, I can read a book and write an essay from anywhere in the world. So, nice. I, uh, I swapped over to English literature, and and apparently with an English lit degree, you can become a, a club <laughs> professional. So. <laughs> so, Lindsay, I mean, obviously after you know junior and amateur and college, now you turned uh, pro in '04, played on the Canadian Tour, now known as the McKenzie Tour. I gotta ask quickly though. You probably know our cousin Dale Valali or Ryan Valali uh, from Ooh, those yeah. Canadian Tour days. Um, how are those grinds? You guys, you guys didn't mention that before this podcast. Oh yeah, we're uh, we're cousins. Yeah. Surprise! <laughs> <laughs> well, now we just did stories now, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah. So, how are those experiences and grinds and and those any good stories from the tour and maybe even even playing against Dale and Ryan? Yeah. Um... It's funny those guys. Uh, those guys are, are awesome, they, and they love to have fun, and uh, but and they love their golf, which is great. Um, and I played. I actually played quite a bit of golf with both of them, and it's been it's been fun to see. Uh, it's been fun to see Dale caddying on TV. Uh, you, you'd see him like, hey, I know that guy. It's it's neat to see have those moments. Yeah. So uh, um, I, if I'm gonna throw out a, a Valelli story, gosh. I, you know what? I actually vividly remember because they had they like had a place in Mazatlan, Mexico, where they had a yeah. Our aunt still lives know. down there. Yeah, there you go. So I remember uh, hanging out with them down there when we played the Canadian Tour stop down there. So uh, I remember Dale playing very good down there one year and um, and being in contention. And that was the same tournament. Uh, that was the same tournament that one year was sponsored by Corona. And that's where about every about every third hole. Yeah, about every third hole, they had kegs. They had you could either have a they had kegs, those little pony kegs of of Corona <laughs> on the tour. On the tour, yeah. This is it's Mexico, Canadian baby. Tour when it's in Mexico, <laughs> and 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 it was sponsored by Corona and this water called Min's Water. So you could either have this mint flavored water to keep you hydrated or yeah. you could have a corona no so, brainer yeah corona. by the back nine by the back nine on friday every single person that was remotely close to missing the cut was drinking a corona every third <laughs> hole <laughs> um yeah. oh sorry i didn't make the cut i didn't make the cut that year either no too many coronas no. <laughs> <laughs> so Lindsay, you played in three u.s amateurs Let's uh, let's talk about um, some of those events. Like, uh, what, sure. what is the weather yeah. like? What is your, what's going through your head? Like, what's what's going on? Like, that's an unbelievable. Yeah. So two U.S. amateurs, uh, but 
Yeah, two U.S. amateurs, not three. But, oh, uh, sorry. I'm blowing okay. this one today. Yeah. <laughs> I played uh, the first The first one I qualified for um, was was at the Atlanta, or no, at Eastlake, down in Atlanta. Okay. And um, I, played, I played the U.S. amateur there, and then I played the U.S. amateur at Oakland Hills in Detroit as well, so just outside of Detroit. And I mean, amazing golf courses. The, it's 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 surreal to play tournaments on courses that you watch majors being played out on TV. Um, and those were those were some pretty cool weeks. Um, I think a highlight for uh, the athletic or down in the Atlanta one. So I keep saying athletic club because that same the week prior uh, was was uh, when. Uh, when the PGA Championship was played at the Atlanta, Atlanta Athletic Club, it was the year um, David Tom's won, and uh, about three—I think it was about two or three weeks prior to the U.S. Amateur being down there, we were at the Canadian Amateur, and Mike Weir was the keynote speaker at the opening ceremony of the Canadian Amateur Championship. So. Uh, there was there was a couple of us, two or three of us Canadians that were playing three weeks later um, down at the U.S. Amateur Championship, and we knew from his speech that he was going to be at the PGA Championship the week before that uh, week before we were down there. So uh, the three of us cornered him kind of after after the talk and said, "Hey, Mike, we're going to be down there. Uh, any chance of getting us tickets so we can come watch?" And uh, he goes, "Yeah, no problem." And right then and there, kind of like flipped us his cell phone number. Um, and when we when we got down there, there was tickets waiting at Will Call. And nice. We were there. We were there on the we were there on the Sunday. I think was the only day we could go watch. And the highlight for me that week, beyond the golf of the U.S. Amateur, I was supposed to play the next week, was standing uh, up in the crowd watching David Tom's hole out that five wood on the par three right. and go on to win that. So. It was it was pretty neat, um, and that's to me when I look back. I, I mean, I didn't play great at at East Lake that week. Uh, I missed the cut. Um, I got to play with some uh, some really good players and, and experience the history and and be down there and and be a part of that. And I still look back uh, every time they play the Tour Championship at East Lake. I look back and I know the holes and I nice. uh, I, I have that kind of connection with being there and, and playing there. So. That's neat. Those guys make it look way easier than I made it look. I'll tell you that. Well, I'm just curious, um, uh, Lindsay. Sorry, I was just curious. Uh, how much, like, what do you say you learned, you know, from playing in those events, and you know, bringing that back to obviously, like, when you play your own events? Yeah, uh, you know what? It's it's funny. You don't you don't really realize what you're learning until you look back at it and realize that yeah, like what what the failures have instilled in you or what the the learning curve has been like. So. Um, in lots of ways, I think I'm as as good or a better golfer these days, having all that experience under my belt than I was back in those days when I practiced eight ten hours a day. And now I feel like I never get to practice, and I can go out and I feel like yeah. I have you know as much or more confidence than I've ever had uh, back in those days. So it's it's definitely golf is one of those sports that it's about the journey and it's about learning learning how to score and how to play and how to be composed and when to be aggressive and what you're actually capable of it's way more about that it's it's not one of those sports where you can just 
outwork everybody and and go out there and hit someone harder or or run faster or yeah. you know shoot harder. You you can't do that in golf and um, it's knowing when to push and when not to and it's it, there's so much um, maturity that has to happen for for to be a to become a great golfer and every time I see these young kids that are are world beaters these days, I, I it amazes me. You look on a tour these days and see some of these really young kids come out of come straight out of school or come straight out of high school and and be world class and um yeah it, those are one in a million kind of kids and for most of us it, it takes a, a lot of experience and a lot of humbling humility experiences before you you ever get to the winner's circle this segment of off the hustle is brought to you by brownies golf shop at the royal regina southern saskatchewan's premier custom club fitters Using FlightScope and GC Quad technology, Brownies Golf Shop will give you the high-performance club fitting you need for that new driver or set of irons. Offering a full line of clubs featuring Titleist, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, Cobra, and Srixen at the best prices. Brownies Golf Shop, high-performance club fitting to help you enjoy the game. Contact Dean at RoyalRegina.com to book your fitting or yardage gapping appointment. Sorry, Lindsay, I was just curious. You mentioned that you were on the, on the national team, correct? Yeah, like the yep. Canadian development team. Yeah, so Canadian. Oh, let's chat about that. Was, That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I played. So I guess technically I was on the national team for four years, um, oh. and got to play. I didn't. I didn't. The first couple of years, I didn't really travel a lot. I was I went to all the training camps, and it was kind of at the start when they were really trying to kick it up. Uh, we went to. We had a bunch of training camps. We played. Um, at like the Glencoe tournament every year as a, as a team. And so we had some really good competition there and got to know a bunch of uh, guys from across Canada. And then in my, in my f- kind of third and fourth years, they, they started to, uh, I, well, my game was at the state and, and my schooling was at the state where I could take some time away. And I, I actually got to travel. I think I competed nine different times in international events for Canada, which is kind of cool. Um, so I, yeah, I traveled a lot. Like, all over New Zealand, Australia, Argentina, Mexico, a couple of times, Scotland. Um, yeah, got to, got to see the world, uh, and play golf while doing it, which was, I mean, to me that last year of me being an amateur where I really got to travel a ton, uh, was probably, if I look back at my life highlights, that was the, that was the one year of my life where I look back and say, that was absolutely amazing. That I got to do that. Nice. That's awesome. So then you head back out to BC um, to become the head pro at Shaughnessy, I believe. Um, how how was that? Yeah, it, well, it was definitely not as glamorous as you just made it sound because I, I <laughs> didn't actually get to become the head pro. Um, I was kind of at a stage where I, you know, what I I played tour golf for for just over four years. Um, I'd had some ups and downs. I'd you know, I'd, I'd won a few t- like little mini tour type events and some, but nothing major. And I was definitely at a, at a place at a crossroads where I was tired of living out of a suitcase. And, uh, I was newly married for a few years only. And we were looking at starting a family and I was like, you know what, like I need to not keep traveling the world. I need to settle down a bit and, uh, make a responsible decision here. Um, and I, but I still loved golf. Like I didn't want to give up the golf in my life. And I knew if I went and to find another job, I was going to end up leaving golf and, and not picking up the clubs again for a long time. So, uh, so I started looking around for 
just a club job. And I had a connection with Shaughnessy, obviously through my UBC days yeah. there. And, um, and they had actually let me play and practice there, uh, as a loose affiliated pro when I was on tour. So my, my four years on tour, I played and practiced out of there a lot. So I, I knew that I knew all the pros, I knew all the staff, um, but they didn't have a, a head pro job waiting for me. I actually, the first year I signed up, I was actually the backshop manager, um, which is very not glamorous coming from, <laughs> coming from where you think you're, you're hot stuff playing tour golf. And, uh, but the, I, I was back and I think the best piece of advice I ever got was from the general manager there at the time. His name was David Woods. And, uh, and he, he goes, Lindsay, I'll, t- I'll give you one piece of advice. Uh, he says, you take, you take the best job that you can find, or no, the worst job you can find, but make sure it's at the best club you can find. He said, whatever you do, go to the best club you can, you can be a part of and, and work hard and you'll work your way up. So nice. that was what I did. I, ha- I had other job offers on the table uh, for, for clubs that were not nearly the status that Shaughnessy is. Um, but I, I took his advice and I went, I went to work there and within, you know, within two or three years, I'd worked my way up to where I was, um, kind of the num like not the head. I was never the head pro. I kind of acted as the interim head pro when they were without a head pro uh, for a little while there. But I was kind of the number one guy, and I was running a lot of stuff. And uh, those were definitely the formative years that that got me over the hump and and um, to where I am today. Where I was when I got the chance to interview for the job at Victoria Golf Club, I I knew I could do it, and I had all the skill set. And um, yeah, I, I knew I could jump right in. So fast forwarding to today, uh, your head pro at Victoria Golf Club, unless you want to correct me right now. <laughs> no, <it's good>. yeah. <laughs> so you've been there almost six years. Um, this is kind yep. of a four part question. How has it been so far or the last six years? Um, yep. Are you teaching a lot? Three, are you playing a lot of events still? And four, how many rounds of golf are you still getting in? Whew. Okay, so... Uh... <clears throat> six years it's been amazing you know I, I will i'm gonna quickly back up to when i was still at shaughnessy uh i had a chance to come to the island and play at victoria golf club and i vividly remember like it's just if you've never been to the west coast you've never come come to victoria you've never visited victoria golf club in particular it's as close as you get to like feel the dreams golf in canada it's it's magic it's pure magic and I remember the first time I ever set foot on site being like, I, I need to spend more time here. This place is amazing. And, uh, this is going to sound really hokey, but I went to some, uh, golf seminar that had some motivational speaker at it when I was still an assistant pro. And they started saying like, well, okay, you need to take out a piece of paper and write down your wildest dreams. And I started writing down things like, I want to own a golf course. I want to play in a major. And then I wrote down, I want to be the head pro at Victoria golf club. Um, so fast forward kind of four, three or four years past that. And this job posting comes up and I'm like, this is, this has to be it. This is my dream come true. I've been working my tail off. Uh, this is my chance. I get to go interview for my dream job at Victoria golf club. So <clears throat> I, I show up, I've been thinking about it. I've been dreaming about it. Uh, I nail a bunch of interviews in a row and, uh, and, and I get the job and it is it's amazing. It's, it's the best city to live in, in the world. I'm convinced of it other than Regina. Uh, it's, it's 
the nicest golf course that I could ever dream of, of playing again and again and again. And uh, you guys need to come out here and experience it firsthand. Well, we definitely will be at some point. I appreciate that, Lindsay. Well, we both yeah. do. Uh, so you're saying yeah. that there's not a chance you're coming back to work in Regina then, if you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said besides Regina, but uh, no, you know what? I, I love, I like, I absolutely love Saskatchewan. I, every time I ever get a chance to come back, which these days during golf season is not a, not a lot. So yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately I miss the, uh, the beautiful summer months there, but um, I was back this past, uh, this past fall. We'll, we'll call it winter. It was like November ish. Uh, it was September. It's still, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I just love it there. I mean, I, I, I still miss it. I hold such a, such a fond love for, for that place and, and the people there. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't trade it right now for where I am and what I'm experiencing here in Victoria. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I would never outright say, no, I'm never coming back. Perfect. Um, okay, off to our segment now. Questions from the yeah. gallery sponsored by Player Golf. Be sure to use the promo code off the hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders. That's off the hosel 15 for 15% off of your orders. Alrighty, some questions here for you, Lindsay. Uh, Colin Coben writes in, you know, Cobes, legend, yeah. beauty. Um, he says, always enjoy playing with you, Lindsay. We competed against one another lots. Could you name one or two good moments that you've had with Cobes? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know what? Most of them that I've had with, with Colin, because I learned a lot from Colin, uh, we're actually in in practice rounds because that's when you actually you take the time to talk to somebody and and learn and reflect and and I have you know what <clears throat> he has always had so much game because because he can control his golf ball and I oh, grew up yeah. and I just man I I my swing was long and loose and I swung for the fences and uh, and he used to just wear me wear everyone else out till they all bogeyed themselves to death and yeah. I, I vividly remember uh, learning early on from from Colin that if like pars are a great thing in competition, and uh, I think uh, I think playing some practice rounds with him for for some Canadian AMs and Sask AMs, uh, he he taught me a lot of just uh, about how to navigate my way around the course and and when to play away from the pin and when to just accept a two putt and. Um, yeah, I, I think those early years, especially I think the Willing and Cup team that we were on together, was uh, was probably my biggest highlight from Colin. But you know what? Whenever I get a chance to see him, he's he's one of those guys you just love to be around. He's oh, infectious. Yeah. Gosh, I could hang out. I could hang out after a round in the 19th hole with him a lot. So uh, your buddy Tyler Wright he chimed in on the Facebook page and says uh, you won Glencoe twice, including a record nine under in 2003. What do you remember about that week? Yeah, Glencoe. Um, those were those were fun years. Those those Glencoe events. Uh, those were the years we had the Canadian national team training camp, kind of right before, uh, right before the event. We'd spend three or four days with the national team, and then we'd play the event. Um, I, I remember, uh, you know what? The, the the most fond memories are probably the after party, hanging out with all the guys and and just telling stories. I remember I had my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, uh, there, and uh, <clears throat> I remember Kent Eager starting to tell stories uh, of 
of other past trips we'd been on because I think Kent was on a Canadian or a yep. junior team or something with us one one or two years, maybe even a Willing Cup team with us, and he started telling stories and. Uh, I remember, I remember Graham Dillette kicking him under the table, being like, "No, no, no you can't tell that story." Because <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay's wife, Lindsay's girlfriend's here. So, um, no, but I, yeah, you know what? Those Glencoe weeks, I, I think that too, just playing, uh, playing against the best players in Canada, and and realizing that you know what, I can, I can, I can do this. I can play, and I can beat these guys. That was uh, that was big uh, for my confidence level at that stage of my life as well. Mr. Wright, as we'll call him, Mr. Tyler Wright writes in again. What was it like playing in the Canadian Open? Yeah, uh, gosh, 2003, I think. Um, you know what? I, I was what a year. That was <laughs> yeah. That was, it was kind of uh, it was kind of. I don't know, like serendipitous, I would say. I, I, it was one of those things where I was just like, you know what, I just got to go for it. And on a, it, I wouldn't say on a whim, but that was back when the Canadian Open qualifying was just one round. It was a Monday qualifier. Um, they didn't have the regional qualifiers like they do now. But it was a one round um, out, in, out in Toronto. And I, on a whim, paid for a plane ticket, flew all the way to Toronto, Went out on a Monday qualifier to a course called Heron Lakes, I think it was called. Uh, shot 60, I want to say 66 in a Monday qualifier. Um, got into a playoff, into like a five-man wow. playoff. It was pitch black. We played one hole, and uh, two guys made bogeys and were out. We played a second hole, um, and it was it was like dark out and two guys I was the only one to hit the fairway they both hit it so far wide and they was so dark they both lost their ball and uh, I, I putted out by car lights they pulled cars out and <laughs> put on the headlights so I could putt out so I could officially win this playoff and then and then the next day I know I'm standing on the range uh, hitting balls beside PGA Tour players so it was it was crazy in terms of how I even got in um, and then it was a week I just, I won't forget. I, I didn't play good. I missed the cut. I was so starstruck that I spent the whole kind of two days I had leading up to the tournament, spent a lot of it on the range getting free clubs from all the club manufacturers. So nice. I came home with like, I came home with like three drivers and five fairway woods and five putters. <laughs> and um, No, but I, yeah, it was, it was really neat. I have this, I have this vivid memory of, uh, one of my buddies, Matt Ion, who I was actually staying with that week, was he was a Cana- uh, Canadian team member with me, and he, he was a member there. So he caddied for me that week. Um, and we played this practice round, and he started – I had my Team Canada bag that he was carrying, and all the gallery kept yelling, like, hey, go Canada, yay Canada. And he started throwing uh, the juniors that were along the ropes – as gallery, he would th- he would throw them my golf balls out of my bag, like the used ones and stuff. And we got to the practice green after after the practice round, and um, and I had no golf balls left in my bag. <laughs> I wanted, Good thing you I had three drivers. Some, yeah, I wanted to hit some practice putts, and and I I had no golf balls left in my bag, and so he like runs and finds this old crappy beat up Titleist golf ball, and I have one golf ball. While well, he runs off to find more, and I'm putting with this one golf ball. 
and I put it at this 10 or 12 footer and it goes in this cup and, uh, and Tom Lehman is putting to the same cup as I am. And he's hitting like brand new Titleist and kind of goes over to pick the golf balls out of the hole as you do when you made a bunch and he picks out and in amongst his golf balls is this one crappy beat up Titleist. That's mine. And I remember him picking it up and like looking at it and looking at me with just like, Disgust. what are you doing? Like, why do you have a range ball like, on the on the putting green? Yeah, <laughs> this is basically it. He's like, "Who is this kid? I can't believe it!" And kind of didn't like hand it back to me. Just kind of like tossed it on the ground and turned around and <laughs> so you, did, away. you didn't ask him to sign oh, it. Oh man, no, <laughs> no, I didn't. Not at that moment. But it was pretty funny. I'm I'm sure he got a chuckle out of some some rank amateur putting used scarred titleists on the practice screen of a of a PGA Tour event. So, Lindsay, quickly here, I'm going to ask this question. I mean, and obviously you just mentioned hitting golf balls on the on the range with PGA players. Um, when you, I, I, I want to know, obviously, your first tee shot in any pro, P, actually PGA event or whatever, I mean, whatever it is, uh, the most nervous you've been and maybe even on the range. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, that, that one would be up there, although I was, I was really excited. I think probably the most nervous I've ever been. Um, uh, two instances and they were both final round of qualifying school. So my final oh, round yeah. Q school for my first ever chance uh, to qualify for the Canadian tour. I remember, I remember not being able to eat that morning. I remember being like nervous beyond belief and I remember that it didn't leave. Usually you get off the first tee uh, and you got to get going in your round and things settle down. And I remember that final round playing, it was it qualifying school out in Ontario. I remember being, the most nervous I've been ever like the whole day. It just didn't go away. Um, and then the other time was, uh, PGA tour qualifying for, uh, second stage of qualifying school down in, in California. I remember being like just that going into the final round, I had a chance to get through the final stage. And again, I was like, it's just one of those moments where usually you get out there, you settle down, you hit some good shots uh, but when you play all day and you're kind of right on the bubble, yeah, it's it's just you feel sick to your stomach all day long, and um, yeah. So those would be my two. I, I mean, qualifying schools are no fun. At least if you have a tournament, uh, you're you're kind of like if if you make a few bad shots, you always feel like there's next week or there's the next event. Qualifying school just felt like it was so big. Like this is it. It's now or it's never. And so in one of those times, it was now. I I got through the Canadian tour and in the, in the PGA tour qualifying, I actually, uh, I had a ball stay up the tree on the last hole. I had a lost ball up a tree on the last hole and ended up missing second stage by a couple shots. Oh, so yeah, I still feel sick about it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike from Twitter chimes in and he wants to know who's the biggest pigeon you've played with and why <laughs> Mike, Mike from Twitter. Uh, yeah, Mike underscore one two four six seven nine uh, <laughs> painter twenty five twelve followers. The, the biggest pigeon. Uh, I don't know if I can. Yeah, there's definitely a few that you play with over the years. Um, I don't. I don't know if I can name names necessarily, but we're not that big, Lindsay. <laughs> not not yet. <laughs> uh, I, I played with I played with someone actually in that. It was in the third round of that same second stage of PGA Tour qualifying. I played with a guy who uh, who 
is a former, I won't say his name, he's a former U.S. amateur champion. And uh, what year? in that round, uh, I'll just tell you what he did, and then you can look back at U.S. amateur champions and tell, all right, and all you, right. can think of, you can think of who would be uh, big and buff and muscular enough to break three clubs in one round of golf. Um, wow. I got it. Yeah, so he, he broke three clubs in one round of golf uh, because he was just thought he was better than he should have been, and he acted like a total fool. And I, that kind of stuck with me where I was like, oh, I don't want to act like that. So that was one moment uh, where I kind of had a brush with someone who I was like, oh, this guy's a, a past U.S. amateur champion. He's he's the real deal. And then I played with him, and I was like, uh, he's not, not really the real deal. Um, other than that, I, I don't know. I play... Yeah, some of my buddies, I feel like they're pigeons all the time. So. <laughs> um, okay, Lindsay, this is a good, good one for you, actually. I mean, what's your go-to shot? Go-to shot? Uh, you know what? Growing up in Saskatchewan, I I am way more comfortable hitting the ball low than hitting the ball high. So if I ever am like feeling nervous, it's a knockdown shot. It's... Uh, yeah, give me one extra club and let me let me take a three quarter swing and knock it down all day long. I'm that's my go to. Um, favorite bevy after a round? Uh, it's beer. And your choice of? <laughs> yeah, my choice of beer. Well, uh, it's you know like I'm gonna sound spoiled, but now I'm on the I'm on the west coast and um, there's all these beautiful little microbreweries out here. We're kind of Snobs out here, I guess. But actually, yeah, you yeah. guys have a great product. There's sixteen ninety or sixteen twelve or something. Okanagan something. Yeah, I don't know. Right now, tonight, I'm drinking a Stanley Park uh, Sunset or Peach Wheat Ale, but it's probably like an IPA. If you give me an IPA after a round, I'm really happy. Okay, well, we were hoping to hear Molson's. Yeah, we're a uh, Molson podcast and the Last Mountain Distillery podcast. <laughs> oh, well, Molson's fine. That's good. Uh, Pete from Instagram wants to know favorite course in Saskatchewan. Favorite course in Saskatchewan. Uh, well, if I had to pick a most nostalgic golf course, I'm picking Kelleher nine hole sand green. Uh, if I have to pick just my favorite golf course to go play, um, it's probably Riverside. It's just, it's beautiful up there. Beautiful views, always in great yeah. condition. Uh, it's hard. It's hard not to. Um, but I, I mean, you know what? There's, you get so many memories. Like I, I, it would be hard to, to, to really pick one. I, I'm, I can find amazing things to say about almost every course I played out there. Low round. Low round ever. Uh, low round ever is sixty-one at Victoria Golf Club. Wow, Dean Brown stats there. Yeah, downtown and Dean I was gonna, Brown. I'm going to follow that up with uh, hole in ones. You got any hole in? Yep, hole in ones. I've had four in my life. Four. Uh, there's four. there's zero I've... combined in this studio right now. Whoa, you guys got to play more golf. <laughs> Trust Apparently. me, you've been playing a ton of golf. <laughs> it ain't coming anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> no, but I haven't made one in a long time. I made my first ever one on my 16th birthday. Uh, failed my driver's test in the morning. Got a hole in one in the afternoon. Win win. Uh, win lose. And then. I I haven't made one since. I made them in back-to-back uh, Canadian tour events one year. Uh, my last year on tour, so it'd be like '08. I haven't made one since '08. Uh, made one in a, in a tournament on the Friday of the tournament in Calgary, 
and then I made one on the Sunday in Winnipeg. Okay, Lindsay, last question here for, I mean, we asked all our, all our guests this, what is, you know, one piece of advice or experience, you know, for the young listeners that go, Hey, I want to play, you know, the PGA or, you know, be a club pro or just, you know, make golf a living. Yeah. You know what? Uh, don't, don't forget a why you get into it. You just gotta, you have to keep your love for the game really high. Um, it's, it's, uh, I see lots of people that get in, get into golf as a job and, and, you know, kind of fall out of love with the game cause they're around it so much. Uh, but you have to keep your love for golf high. If you want to be in this industry, make sure you get out and play make sure you enjoy it. That's why we get into this game is because we love it. And we see that it's, uh, it's the most unique sport in the world that you can, you can play forever. Uh, it's a sport for life. And, and yeah, if you keep your love for love for the game high, uh, you, you can keep working at it. You can keep competing. Um, yeah, I think that's the most important thing. Just, just if you love it, do it. Right on, Lindsay. Well, this has been awesome today. I know Troy and myself really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we look forward to heading out your way to uh, get some golf in with you. Yeah, come on. Let's uh, take that show on the road. Let's get out here and uh, let's play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take care, Lindsay. It's like a 24-hour drive. You can be here in, in two days. <laughs> Okay. Possibly. See you tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Lindsay. Yeah, pleasure. Coors Light is the official light beer of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It's also the official beer of watching 2013 reruns, catching up on video calls, and wearing the same sweats as you did yesterday. Visit your local retailer for great prices on 18, 24, 36 can packs. Coors Light, made to chill. Alrighty, there it is, episode number 27, the Harris English, obviously the FedEx Cup uh, standings, that's where it is right now, that's an episode with Lindsey Bernakevich. Troy, any thoughts on that interview? Oh, it's a fantastic interview, got a lot of good insight from a local golfer, you know, who's living out on the coast now, he had a lot of great stories, and uh, I know our listeners would have liked that one. Yeah, and I know all the Saskia guys down here and gals uh, will definitely learn a lot from what Lindsay had to say about how getting there and, you know, just what it takes to make it. And, you know, that's what we, that's what we love about doing this thing. You know, especially the local guys, that, that's what we're all about, right? The local, we have those celebrity guests, but the local's where it's at and people want to know their stories. So, absolutely. Uh, I'll give you the mic there, Troy. Yeah, no, just wanted to uh, remind all our listeners about uh, we got the contest going there. So, we're going to like, we're going to share your story, we're going to comment we're gonna follow we're gonna give away the head cover we got there's so much stuff there it's all in the intro just and you'll see the post on friday just get in on this one because it's huge you're not gonna want to miss out um also want to plug uh, our good friends over at hook line and sinker for that candle lake uh, ultimate unlimited golf package uh trip i think there was 13 tickets left or 12 tickets left 30 bucks a spot gonna get you a hell of a good weekend of golfing so uh Again, follow us on Facebook at Off The Hosel, Twitter and Instagram at underscore Off The Hosel. And uh, that's all I got for uh, for myself, Drew. Yeah, I mean, just like Troy said there, make sure uh, to comment, uh, t- sorry, sorry, tag three friends, share your story, and follow us. And you will be entered to win an absolute great package. Uh, other than that, I got nothing much more. Uh, good luck to all the golfers that are playing. We just finished playing this past weekend up in Torhill MJT and all the other events where you're playing. 
Good luck to all our degenerates that are gambling this week on those golf bets. Cooch. Cooch. And I got um, four guys. I hope Cam Champ comes with that one. But anyhow, um, have a great week, weekend. Troy, always a pleasure. Love you, brother. You too. Yeah, I kind of want Champ to win. I really want Champ to win. What do you think? What do you like? Cooch. See you guys. Have a great week, weekend. Peace.